Chapter One of the Well at World's End, Book One: The Road into Love. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Book One of the Well at World's End by William Morris. Chapter One: The Sundering of the Ways. Long ago there was a little land, over which ruled a regulus or kinglet, who was called King Peter, though his kingdom was but little. He had four sons, whose names were Blaise, Hugh, Gregory, and Ralph. Of these, Ralph was the youngest, whereas he was but of twenty winters and one, and Blaise was the oldest, and had seen thirty winters. Now it came to this at last, that to these young men the kingdom of their father seemed straight, and they longed to see the ways of other men, and to strive for life. For though they were king's sons, they had but little world's wealth, save and except good meat and drink, and enough or too much thereof, house-room of the best, friends to be merry with, and maidens to kiss, and these also as good as might be, freedom withal to come and go as they would, the heavens above them, the earth to bear them up, and the meadows and acres, the woods and fair streams, and the little hills of Upmeads, for that was the name of their country, and the kingdom of King Peter. So having naught but this little, they longed for much, and that the more because, king's sons as they were, they had but scant dominion, save over their horses and dogs. For the men of that country were stubborn and sturdy vivasses, and might not away with masterful doings, but were like to pay back a blow with a blow, and a foul word with a buffet. So that, all things considered, it was little wonder if King Peter's sons found themselves straitened in their little land, wherein was no great merchant city, no mighty castle or noble abbey of monks, naught but fair little halls of yeomen, with here and there a Franklin's court, or a shield knight's manor-house, with many a goodly church, and whiles a house of good canons, who knew not the road to Rome, nor how to find the door of the Chancellor's house. So these young men wearied their father and mother a long while with telling them of their weariness, and their longing to be gone, till at last, on a fair and hot afternoon of June, King Peter rose up from the carpet, which the prior of St. John's by the bridge had given him, for he had been sleeping thereon, amidst the grass of his orchard after his dinner, and he went into the hall of his house, which is called the High House of Upmeads, and sent for his four sons to come to him and they came and stood before his high seat, and he said, Sons, ye have ye long wearied me with words concerning your longing for travel on the roads. Now if ye verily wish to be gone, tell me when would ye take your departure if ye had your choice? They looked at one another, and the three younger sons nodded at Blaise the eldest. So he began, and said, Saving the love and honour that we have for thee, and also for our mother, we would be gone at once, even with the noon's meat still in our bellies. But thou art the lord of this land, and thou must rule. Have I said well, brethren? And they all said, Ye, ye. Then said the king, Good. Now is the sun high and hot. Yet, if ye ride softly, ye may come to some good harbour before nightfall, without foundering your horses. So come ye in an hour's space to the forewont way, and there and then will I order your departure. The young men were full of joy when they heard his word, 
and they departed and went this way and that, gathering such small matters as each deemed that he needed, and which he might lightly carry with him. Then they armed themselves, and would bid the squires bring them their horses. But men told them that the said squires had gone their ways already, to the wantway by the king's command. So thither they went at once afoot, all four in company, laughing and talking together merrily. It must be told that this wantway aforesaid was but four furlongs from the house, which lay in an ingle of the river called Upmead's Water, amongst very fair meadows at the end of the upland tillage, and the land sloped gently up toward the hill country, and the unseen mountains on the north. But to the south was a low ridge, which ran along the water, as it wound from west to east. Beyond the said ridge, at a place whence you could see the higher hills to the south, that stretched mainly east and west also, there was presently an end of the kingdom of Upmeads, though the neighbours on that side were peaceable and friendly, and were wont to send gifts to King Peter. But toward the north, beyond the Wantway, King Peter was lord over a good stretch of land, and that of the best, yet he was never a rich man, for he had no freedom to tax and tail his folk, nor forsooth would he have used it if he had, for he was no ill man, but kindly and of measure. On these northern marches there was a war at Wiles, whereas they ended in a great forest well furnished of trees, and this wood was debatable, and King Peter and his sons rode therein at their peril. But great plenty was therein of all wild deer, as hart and buck and roe, and swine and bears and wolves withal. The lord on the other side thereof was a mightier man than King Peter, albeit he was a bishop and a baron of holy church. To say sooth, he was a close fist and a manslayer, though he did his manslaying through his vicars, the knights, and men-at-arms who held their manners of him, or whom he waged. In that forest had King Peter's father died in battle, and his eldest son also. Therefore, being a man of peace, he rode therein but seldom, though his sons, the three eldest of them, had both ridden therein and ran therefrom valiantly. As for Ralph, the youngest, his father would not have him ride the wood debatable as yet. So came those young men to the wantways, and found their father sitting there on a heap of stones, and over against him eight horses, four destriers and four hackneys, and four squires withal. So they came and stood before their father, waiting for his word, and wondering what it might be. Now spake King Peter, Fair sons, Ye will go on all adventure to seek a wider land, and a more stirring life than ye may get of me at home. So be it. But I have bethought me, that, since I am growing old and past the age of getting children, one of you, my sons, must abide at home to cherish me and your mother, and to lead our calls and war if trouble falleth upon us. Now I know not how to choose by my own wit which of you shall ride and which abide. For so it is that ye are diverse of your conditions, but the evil conditions which one of you lacks the other hath, and the valiancy which one hath the other lacks. Blaze is wise and prudent, but no great man of his hands. Hugh is a stout rider and lifter, but headstrong and foolhardy, and over-bounteous a skinker. And Gregory is courteous and many-worded, but sluggish indeed, though I would not call him a dastard. As for Ralph, he is fair to look on, and peradventure he may be as wise as Blaze, as valiant as Hugh, and as smooth-tongued as Gregory, 
but of all this we know little or nothing, whereas he is but young and untried. Yet may he do better than you others, and I deem that he will do so. All things considered, then, I say, I know not how to choose between you, my sons, so let luck choose for me, and ye shall draw cuts for your roads, and he that draweth longest shall go north, and the next longest shall go east, and the third straw shall send the drawer west. But as to him who draweth the shortest cut, he shall go no whither but back again to my house, there to abide with me the chances and changes of life. And it is most like that this one shall sit in my chair when I am gone, and be called king of Upmeads. Now, my sons, doth this ordinance please you? For if so, be it doth not, then may ye all abide at home and eat of my meat, and drink of my cup, but little chided either for sloth or misdoing, even as it hath been aforetime. The young men looked at one another, and Blaze answered and said, Sir, as for me, I say we will do after your commandment, to take what road luck may show us, or to turn back home again. They all ye said this one after the other, and then King Peter said, Now before I draw the cuts, I shall tell you that I have appointed the squire to go with each one of you. Richard the Red shall go with Blaze, for though he be somewhat stricken in years and wise, yet he is a fierce carl and doughty, and knoweth well all feats of arms. Lancelot Longtongue shall be squire to Hugh, for he is good of seeming, and can compass all courtesy, and knoweth logic, though it be of the law, and not of the schools. Yet he is a proper man of his hands, as needs must he be who followeth Hugh, for where is Hugh there is trouble and debate. Clement the Black shall serve Gregory, for he is a careful carl, and speaketh one word to every ten deeds that he doeth, whether they be done with point and edge, or with the hammer in the smithy. Lastly, I have none left to follow thee, Ralph, save Nicholas Longshanks, but though he hath more words than I have, yet hath he more wisdom, and is a man lettered and far-travelled, and loveth our house right well. How say ye, sons, is this to your liking? They all said ye. Then quoth the king, Nicholas, bring hither the straws ready dight, and I will give them to my sons to draw. So each young man came up in turn and drew, and King Peter laid the straws together and looked at them, and said, Thus it goes, Hugh goeth north with Lancelot, Gregory westward with Clement. He stayed a moment, and then said, Blaze fareth eastward, and Richard with him. As for thee, Ralph, my dear son, thou shalt back with me and abide in my house, and I shall see thee day by day, and thou shalt help me to live my last years happily in all honour, and thy love shall be my hope, and thy valiancy my stay. Therewith he arose, and threw his arms about the young man's neck. But he shrank away a little from his father, and his face grew troubled. And King Peter noted that, and his countenance fell, and he said, Nay, nay, my son, grudge not thy brethren the chances of the road, and the ill-hap of the battle. Here at least for thee is the bounteous board and the full cup, and the love of kindred and well-willers, and the fellowship of the folk. O oh, well is thee, my son, and happy shalt thou be. But the young man knit his brows, and said no word in answer. Then came forth those three brethren, who were to fare at all adventure, and they stood before the old man, saying naught. Then he laughed, and said, Aho, my sons, here in Upmeads have ye all ye need without money, but when ye fare in the outlands ye need money. Is it not lack of yours that your pouches be bare? 
Abide, for I have seen to it. Therewith he drew out his pouch three little bags, and said, Take ye each one of these, for therein is all my treasury may shed as now. In each of these there is coined money, both white and red, and some deal of gold uncoined, and of rings and brooches a few, and by estimation there is in each bag the same value reckoned in lawful silver of upmeads in the wolds and the overhill countries. Take up each what is there, and do the best ye may therewith. Then each took his bag, and kissed and embraced his father, and they kissed Ralph and each other, and so got to horse and departed with their squires, going softly because of the hot sun. But Nicholas slowly mounted his hackney, and led Ralph's war-horse with him home again to King Peter's house. End of chapter 1